0: This is the Limitless Conversation podcast. Joseph Jones and Matt Lakaez here with you. Um, We recorded a preview show over the weekend, but this is our first full-length episode with our first actual guest. The purpose of this show is to encourage discussion about important and interesting dialogue in a time where people are feeling isolated and anxious, We want to do our part to keep people entertained and engaged. And today we are really excited about being joined by the mayor of Petal, Mississippi, Hal Marks, who has agreed to this interview to talk about how life has changed due to the coronavirus in both South Mississippi and across the nation. Thank you so much, Mayor Marks. I'm glad to be here. I want to start off by asking you about your overall impression about what has transpired in our country over the last several weeks in the wake of the pandemic.
1: Sure. Well, I I was just thinking about that a while ago. I was reading some of the news reports, the latest headlines, and it seems like every day uh, the headlines are more dire and you, you hear more bad news about, the infection rate, the death toll, how it's affecting cities like New York and New Orleans. Um, I don't think any of us, and I'll say us, anybody outside of the generation who lived through the Great Depression and World War II, I don't believe any of us has ever seen anything like this before in our country or in the world, where uh, our our whole country basically has uh, been told to shut down, uh, to stop engaging in our normal everyday activities that we've taken for granted all of our lives, uh, where our economy has uh, ground to a halt, uh, where we are fearful of uh, going outside and, and interacting with neighbors and going to the grocery store, uh, really a paralyzing fear for a lot of people. And, and other people, obviously, uh, don't don't take it as seriously. I think they're wrong not to do that. But uh, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it. It's really unprecedented. And so uh, we're we're all learning how to deal with it, including elected officials, trying to figure out how to deal with this uh, unprecedented situation.
0: Speaking of dealing with it, I know that here locally, both Pedal and Hattiesburg have implemented executive orders in recent weeks. What are some of the key points of the executive order in Pedal for COVID-19?
1: We've tried to follow closely uh, what Hattiesburg has done simply because we are part of a metro area where uh, people travel back and forth between the two cities and and into neighboring counties. And uh, it really makes no sense for uh, the largest city, Hattiesburg, to have uh, strict measures in place and then a little enough. We've tried to model experts' uh, uh, measures, and so some of those things include, obviously, shutting down dine-in service for restaurants, and and the reason for that, obviously, is the restaurants are places where people gather and uh, congregate closely together. Uh, and in this situation with the virus, you don't want that. You don't want people to get close and to uh, and, and congregate and. Uh, possibly be able to spread the virus for uh, obvious reasons there. Uh, So we've done that. We've we've limited the number of people who can go into uh, certain stores, Um, again, uh, trying to limit contact between people. Walmart, for instance, can only have 100 customers at a time. Walmart's a pretty big building, uh, so 100 people should be able to get in there and still have space where you can keep, uh, you know, six feet apart, is recommended. Uh, Similar things to other stores based on their square footage. Um, we have not shut down, you know, every store. We've, we've not we've not shut commerce down completely because I don't think anybody believes that we should or can do that. I think our, our country and our state, and our city, would actually be worse off uh, if we did not have people still out making a living, engaging in commerce, uh, trying to to uh, pay their rent, pay their a mortgage, uh, people still have bills to pay. Um, so we've tried to measure our response in a way that will limit uh, social contact, but still allow people to go about their lives as necessary in this time. Mayor
0: Mark, I've got a question for you. So you you talk about uh, the the concept of dealing with it, right? Is you know you're in a very unique position in that. You are one of the people that ultimately makes the decisions, right, or helps make the decision, whereas typical people like me and Joe and, and our listeners are just a product of those decisions. Uh, just talk about dealing with it from the scale of public service. You know, how how hard has this challenge been? What's the magnitude of a situation like this? Well, sure. You
1: know, in Panama, we've been through two tornadoes in the last uh six or seven years and uh obviously people in our area have been through hurricanes before uh we've dealt with natural disasters where there is a clear starting point and a clear ending point of a goal of, of cleaning up the debris and rebuilding and and people people take that for granted and know what i mean by that is we expect they're going to be uh, weather-related natural disasters from time to time, no matter where you live in the country, you have that. So we're prepared for things like that. I don't know if anyone uh, can really be prepared for a situation like this because it's something we normally think of we see in a movie. We, we see a movie about some outbreak uh, of a contagious disease and how it affects society. We, we, we take it for granted. That's not ever really going to happen. That's just a movie. And now it really is happening. And so we uh, it's something we, we're not prepared for in terms of having a necessary manual to deal with. We, we have to rely on uh, medical professionals. We have to rely on what our president and his advisors are sort of telling the country we need to do. We're looking to each other to figure out how do we handle this? Uh, as i said, we try to work closely with habsburg to model what they're doing. So i talked with mayor Parker from time to time and, and, and find out what he's planning on doing and, and, uh, so I can be prepared to follow suit if he takes certain actions. Uh, we, you know, collaborate on some of these decisions. But there's no manual really for us just to go by and say this is how we uh, clean up after the storm. This is this is the end date that we're looking at. We don't know what the end date here is. So there's a lot of uncertainty with that, and it is a situation that tests your uh, leadership. And I mean by that is there's hard decisions. It's not easy to decide, do I close someone's business and cut them off from their livelihood or or, or am I risking people's health if I don't do so? Uh, What decision do you make? Do you you risk uh, economic damage or do you uh, risk people's health? And neither neither one is good. So you're sort of caught in the middle of deciding let's try to uh, be as cautious as we can, but also not overreact, and and destroy people's lives, either. Absolutely. An incredible
0: challenge, no doubt. Now, as far as your day-to-day job, how has that been impacted at City Hall? And the second part to the question is, are you and the board still able to hold meetings?
1: Well, what we've done at City Hall is uh, the same as we've recommended for other businesses. If you can... Uh, avoid going out and avoid contact and do so. So, we have we've shut City Hall uh, down as far as open to the general public to enter the building. Now, we're still answering phone calls, we're still answering emails, we're still handling problems that come up and delegating, uh, you know, answers to those problems to, to the correct department. Um, obviously, I work 24 hours a day. If there's a problem, people call me anytime, middle of the night, whatever. So, that's that's not a problem we have. We have shut uh, the entry down into the building. Now, you mentioned our meeting. We have a we have a meeting coming up uh, next Tuesday, Wednesday, and um, I've asked our attorney uh, to look into under the Public Meetings Act. Uh, in this situation, is there any way for us to conduct a meeting uh, without necessarily opening it up to the general public? Uh, we're trying to limit people to less than ten people to a a, a area. But yet, if you look at the board members, myself, our, our attorney, and our clerk, that's eight people right there that we already have in the room at the meeting. So you can't have two more people come in at a time and you're over that 10-person limit. Now, we do video stream our meetings, live stream them on Facebook so the public can see what's going on. And obviously, I'm not trying to hide any of our business from people, but I do uh, encourage people, let there's an urgent need for them to be there in person to address a particular issue, I urge them not to come to our meeting. I usually urge people to come to our meeting to participate, but in this case, I urge them not to because it's just not worth the risk of of all of us getting close together and being there together. Stay home, watch it on Facebook. Uh, If you have any comments or questions, you can do so through Facebook. Um, There'll be plenty of time for us after all of this emergency is over to uh, go back to regular meetings and and things, but our attorney is looking into if there's any alternative to us having it open to the general public.
0: Okay. Let's transition to the national landscape. Big news last week with the $2 trillion stimulus package passing in Washington. What are your thoughts on the stimulus package?
1: Well, again, uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually a, uh, a fiscal conservative, not in favor of more money. Being pumped out of Washington because that usually leads to, I think, more uh, problems with uh, not only the economic problems caused by our deficit, but also people just relying on Washington. Uh, Usually, Washington has a lot of uh, strings attached to the money they give out. But in this case, obviously, I do believe it's important that people who are being forced out of their jobs and and seeing their their jobs go away, their businesses close, through no fault of their own. It's not because they've made poor choices. This is because the government has told us we all need to shut down. This is a public health emergency. I think they do need some type of immediate stimulus help. And so in this case, although I know it, um, I don't know how we're going to wind up paying for all this. We've already have trillions of dollars in debt. Now we're another two or three trillion dollars in more debt. Uh, but I don't know what alternative there is. We can't simply let all of our businesses fail and all of our Uh, small business owners still bankrupt at this time. So I think they're doing, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of pork in the bill. I'm sure there's a lot of things that I saw listed that have nothing to do with this public health crisis. Uh, But that's the way Washington works, unfortunately. So uh, I think they are trying to do the right thing as far as helping people at this time.
0: Okay. Now, staying in Washington as far as it relates to the upcoming presidential election, because it's easy to forget amidst uh, this crisis that we are uh, geared up for a 2020 election. What, if any, impact do you think the pandemic will have on voter turnout?
1: Wow. Well, well, you know that's a good question. We actually have a local election here in Pebble that we're trying to finish. We had a we had a primary election, in fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, For a special election, we have a vacancy for Alderman at large. We had a very low turnout then, uh, which is not unusual for a special election, but it was even lower, I think, than we expected, because I think a lot of people were already beginning to fear getting out in in public. So we've had to put off that that runoff until June 1st. It was supposed to be April 7th. We put it off June 1st. Um, And I don't know. Hopefully by the time our general election for November gets here, this will all be over and done and people will feel better about getting out. But uh, at the same time, if not, you know, again, it's unprecedented. I don't know. We have to have the election. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. But whether we go to any other type of voting, I've seen mail-in voting uh, being mentioned, online voting, uh, other options. Uh, I think this does have the opportunity or the chance to change the way we hold elections. Uh, Maybe that's for better or for worse, but uh, I think a lot of things are going to change because of this pandemic and how we've adjusted our lives and the way we hold elections might change also.
0: Right. Right. Well, with the election specifically, I did want to get your thoughts on the race itself. You know, we were talking a lot about the primaries before the mainstream news started to really, you know, obviously focus on COVID-19. The Democratic primaries between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders were really interesting, I guess you could say. Uh, Do you think Joe Biden will end up being the Democratic nominee?
1: Uh, Wow, well. You know, uh, I know Cuomo, Governor Cuomo of New York, has been given a lot of rave reviews right now because of his daily press conferences and how he's handling the situation in New York City. A lot of people were talking about a draft Cuomo movement so for the Democrats. I don't think anyone in the Democratic Party is very excited about Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden's basic qualification right now was he was not Bernie Sanders. He was not a valiant. Uh, socialists. Uh, and then the other qualification he has for a lot of people in November is he's not Donald Trump and people who hate Trump are going to vote for anyone who's on the ballot. But no one's really excited about Joe Biden. And I think a lot of people are worried that Biden has shown a lot of evidence of some mental slippage. He's 77 years old. If you've watched any of his uh, press conferences, any of his speeches, um, he is uh, very uh, prone to Lose his train of thought. He, his speech is slurred. Uh, he forgets where he is and who he's married to, and, and a lot of other things, uh, which may be a product of him just being tired because he's campaigning. But obviously, his age is a concern. So I don't know if it's one hundred percent that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee for the Democrats. I think a lot of things could happen if he has more uh, evidence of him not being mentally able to do the job. I think the Democrats will be forced to look for someone else. And I think this time period of a crisis gives a lot of people a chance to rise to the top as far as being noticed, and Cuomo is doing that right now. So I think Cuomo, you know, has entered the picture in that. Now, as far as it affects the general election, I think the way President Trump is handling this so far has been pretty good. I know the media loves to tear him apart on everything he says, does. There's nothing he can say or do they're going to ever uh, give him praise for. But I think if he gets us through this crisis and our economy is able to start showing signs of coming back before the November election and and people feel that he got us through this, then I think he's probably going to be uh, re-elected by a pretty good margin. And if things go badly and the economy is still in poor shape and, and we've had a lot of deaths that people feel uh could have been prevented by different measures. Obviously, it's going to be very much uh, a tougher situation for him to get reelected. So I really think the way Trump handled this crisis from here out and what he says so far is really going to determine more than any campaign, uh, regardless of who's running against him, I think that's really going to determine whether or not Donald Trump gets reelected.
0: Okay. Um, the next question I have for you calls, calls for a degree of speculation, um, obviously, You know, people are worried about the impact on the economy, on restaurants, on sporting events, um, on businesses in general. Do you foresee a scenario where we can return to some semblance of normalcy as far as large gatherings such as concerts, sporting events, church services in America sometime in
1: 2020? Yes, I do. I don't know exactly when that will be, but there's, there's going to have to come a point where um, just like with seasonal flu and, and, and other viruses where the peak has happened, the curve has happened, uh we start seeing numbers go down, we start seeing infection rates get less, and people will again feel like you can get back to normal life. Now how long that takes, I'm not sure. I've heard people say anywhere from the end of this month is where we're gonna have the peak to it may last until June. Um, I have also heard that warmer weather, uh, when you get to hotter temperatures, helps to control the virus, kill the virus, keep it from spreading as much. Obviously, in Mississippi, we're, we're getting close to getting that uh, heat wave. A period when we get into April and May, and, and all through the summer. So I do believe there'll come a time.
0: Soon. Okay. The last question I, I have, have to come out and do that. Okay. Well, the last question I have for you, Mayor Marks. Obviously, there's probably a lot of people that live in Pedal listening to this podcast and people in the surrounding area searching for some hope right now. What is your message to the citizens of Petal and fellow Americans during this time of uncertainty?
1: Well, my, my message is just let's all pull together. We're, we've been through tough times before. We've been through natural disasters. Uh, we've helped our neighbors during those times. And this is no different. We have to look out... For each other let's let's be considerate of our neighbors for one thing let's not let's not resort to hoarding supplies that could be shared with other people uh, let's not uh, resort to panic that causes more problems let's let's be hopeful we're going to get through this there is a light at the end of the tunnel nothing like this lasts forever and we're going to come through it and we're going to be better because we're going to have survived and, and shown that we're able to overcome this uh, adversity and uh, I think we'll have a new uh, outlook on life. I think we'll appreciate a lot of smaller things in life than we had before. I think families will reconnect because of this, because of having to sort of be locked in the house together. So I think there's going to be some positives come out of this. Uh, don't lose hope. And in my own personal opinion, in my own personal life, I have faith that God is going to see us through it. I believe in the power of prayer. And so I would encourage people to pray and to have faith that we're going to get through this, and it's nothing to. It's not. I don't believe it's the end of the world. It's not. It's not the apocalypse or anything like that. It's just something we've got to get through, uh, and, and we're making progress, and we will get through it.
0: Well, yeah, I, I think you're spot on there, Mayor. I, to me, it comes down to you know what. What every obstacle in life comes down to is about love, caring for each other, teamwork, and then and hard work, right? And and uh, minor
1: setbacks make for the greatest comebacks, right? That's the American story. Exactly. I think so. I think when we're tempted like this, we come out stronger. Uh, it is a tough time to go through, but again, humanity has been through things much worse than this, and we've survived, and we're going to survive this. So people need to have a positive outlook about all this. Let's go through the hardship, but let's look for better days ahead. Definitely.
0: Yeah, that's so well said, and. Um, I completely agree, and we have to leave it right there. Um, Thank you again so much, Mayor Marks, for joining us on the Limitless Conversation podcast.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Mayor. All right. Thank thank you you to all of our listeners, and we will see
1: you next time.